0: Hello, I double H's. I am dropping into your downloads to present you with an interview. So this has come up as part of the research that I'm doing for another case. Unfortunately, that research has taken me down a much longer path than I was anticipating. I'm looking into quite a few different uh, spheres. And so the story is taking longer to get from me to you. But I did do this very interesting interview as part of that because the case revolves around extreme violence perpetrated against someone who was involved in the sex work industry. And I went to Sweat and Sesonke, and I'll explain what those are in a second, um, to talk about some of the violence that sex workers face and, and the work that is trying to change the narrative around sex work so that we can afford sex workers more protection the <laughs> This is an interview with Yonela Sinku, who is the communications officer at Sasonke National Sex Workers Movement in South Africa. It's in the format of quite a relaxed conversation between Yonella and I, because that is my preferred interviewing style. So there is a bit of back and forth. And Yonela was recording in quite a noisy office, so I'm afraid that the sound quality isn't spectacular. But I think that what she has to say is so important to hear. Now, I know that there will be some people listening who are disgusted by the idea of sex workers. My own personal beliefs, as I've stated a couple of times, is that sex work is work and sex workers deserve all of the protections and human rights that any of us who aren't sex workers enjoy. But if you are not of that ilk, I still encourage you to try listen to this interview with an open mind. I think that Yonela does an excellent job explaining some of the dynamics of the sex work industry that you and I might not be uh, familiar with. And it's an opportunity to learn and to be kinder to each other, which is always something that I want to get into. Before we start, I want to remind you that according to a very recent study from the South African Medical Research Council, 71% of female sex workers have reported that they have been exposed to physical violence and 58% said that they had been raped. One in seven of these women reported being raped by a policeman. Right, so with that background, I am going to drop you straight into the conversation between myself and Yonella. Have a listen. Let me know what you think.
1: thanks for um, having me
0: oh gosh i'm so glad that you could participate you know i'm i'm new to podcasting but my background is as a journalist so it as much as possible i want to include primary sources
1: that's great. I'm, I'm so honoured because, I mean, you are helping us change the narrative. You know, the more we talk about things, the better.
0: I have a couple of questions prepared. One, one of the things I did want to ask about up front is I, I'm familiar with the name Sweat, but not Sesonke. And I was wondering if you could tell me about the relationship there.
1: Sesonke is the National Sex Workers Movement which was born out of sweat. So what's uh, the difference between the two, as much as they work um, very parallel, is that um, Sisonke is not a service provider, unlike Sweat. So what Sweat does, they will um, do the testing, like almost um, basic healthcare service provision. And that is something that Sisonke does not do. Sisonke is more of movement than a service provider to sex workers. I would liken Sisonke to a union of sex workers. You know, uh, if we were a formalised sector within the labour sector, Susonke would be the union representative of sex workers.
0: But actually that's an excellent um, analogy, now I understand. If you could wave a wand and literally create law tomorrow, what would be the outcome that you are advocating for?
1: As and the rest of the sex workers what we are looking for is the decriminalization of sex work not legalization because uh, legalization comes with a lot of um, terms and conditions which are very much similar to criminalization so i would say legalization is half decriminalization i mean it's half criminalization the reason why i say half um, criminalization is if you are legalized that means um, government still has a lot of control over what happens. For instance, they could say, "Okay, um, we are legalizing sex work today." That means only in certain areas can you operate. You will operate under certain terms, which are still set out by the by government. So, if they say, "Because you're living in South Africa, we will only allow sex work in Cape Town," so mm. then what happens to the other eight provinces? Mm. And that will be, and then they would say, "But we gave you." Legalization, what more do you want? But with decriminalization, that means, yes, you are free to operate at your terms where you want to operate. However, you are still guided by law. And I mean, we cannot have a lawless country, but um, we need a laws that are not going to infringe upon the rights of people. Because currently with criminalization, that is infringing upon economic freedom. That is infringing upon our freedom to choice that is also infringing on on, on justice. Because if a sex worker is raped, for instance, they cannot go and fully declare that I was raped during work. But if if we were um, to be decriminalized, we could get full access to justice. We could get full access to economic freedom. Mm -hmm. Also with legalization, there could be a a clause that says, okay, you are legalized. Say say 60% of your earnings go to tax however if you are decriminalized you would uh, operate uh, based on the of on the lands or the country's labor law systems that is what would guide you so yeah. they cannot just say okay because you're a sex worker we're going to take six percent of your earnings
0: hmm. it makes sense it also leaves people open to organize themselves to work in their preferred way. So I'm, a, you know, a freelancer. For example, I don't have to work with anyone. Um, I could, however, go join up with another freelancer and start a little business. I'm allowed to do that in my line of work, whereas sex workers don't have those options.
1: No, you do, you don't. Um, with sex work, um, it's uh, almost like survival of the fittest in the underground world, and uh, you sort of don't exist until you have to be arrested
0: yes and
1: also um and also with um criminalization there's there's so much gray areas because um there are a lot of sex workers who get arrested and, and and detained but their their cases never go to court because one it is the act that is criminalized but now when they come to arrest so when it comes to justice and and saps these are two different um departments who are interpreting the whole criminalization of sex work very differently and then you find that in the process, there's a lot of abuse taking place, which sex workers see no justice for. Because if they detain you, and they keep you, and then you don't get to uh, be charged, and then you suddenly released, so that is um, then the police become a nuisance towards sex workers. But however, sex workers cannot go back and and uh, and sue yes. for the inconvenience,
0: yeah, yeah. and there's and, and double, for loss of income. Th- there's almost a double set of abuses then on the on the police side because they've got that sort of Mm -hmm. systemic abuse of of Mm -hmm. keeping you from justice of uh detaining you without trial etc uh but also know that policemen perpetrate a lot of direct violence against sex workers so very true
1: and when when those happen the sex workers are unable to report such because Mm. i mean this is the same person who violated you. Now you're gonna go and report that same violation to the same person who violated you, because I mean, as much as they say IPRED is there, but we know nothing gets done. Nothing. Um, they they're protecting each other, and when when then, when then it comes out that you are a sex worker, and this was you almost uh, you you now um, facing double the stigma, and and you are treated as subhuman, as if whatever happened to you was right. So that person had the right to violate you and -hmm. you're no longer a citizen of the country.
0: Mm. It's really shocking. You can see it in the coverage of of the Siam Lee case when when the news first broke. All the news was, you know, shame this pretty teenager has been taken. And quite soon after that, it emerged that she and her mom were both involved in sex work and the media narrative around the case turned into one it it sort of suggested i saw one quote that was like well you know it's a very murky world as if to say what you're going to do it's her fault
1: yeah and also just to add to that when it comes to um sex workers and crime sex workers are often the scapegoat as i can put it to all criminal activities that take place in our society however if we look at it, there's always coll- um, conflated uh, ideas that sex workers encourage human trafficking. But if we look at it, it's not the sex workers that traffic the, the people. They fall victim into, into such. And um, we don't consider that as sex work. We consider that as sex slavery Because sex work is someone who, as an adult, first of all, who is consenting to what they are doing. As, and they, they choose that line of work for themselves. So if I were to capture two little girls and say, okay, now you're a sex worker. Those girls are not sex workers. It's not sex work and the sex work industry that should be blamed for such an action. The individual doing that should be the one that is brought to book for encouraging slavery and for abusing people and for for violating someone's rights. So you become the scapego- scapegoat for every social ill in our
0: society. Absolutely. Yeah, I I think the wording um, has nice parallels with, you know, we used to use the term child pornography, but if you strip that back, what you're seeing is filmed or photographed abuse. That's not something that a child can willingly participate in. This is not child porn. This is uh, rape.
1: Exactly, and um and it's never um in, in in the sex work and we look at the sex work industry. Um, from a, I would say, from a needle's um, hole, which is very small, because the sex work is very is very broad. Uh, if you look at um, strippers, they form part of the sex work industry. And if we look at um, pornography, that is porn, porn stars, porn makers, they fall within the sex work industry. And I'm gonna I'm gonna use this in in block codes. Um, what people often say, prostitution, and then they they look at um, that sector. The, the, the people that are, are now doing the transactional sex and uh, they say that but you guys are, are the filth you guys are you guys de- deserve to be criminalised but this is a whole big industry and um, everyone is affected by everything that is happening within this industry
0: mm. uh, do, do you have a sense of how something like X-rated content on, on OnlyFans would, would that fall under sex work to your mind?
1: It does fall under sex work because um, sex work is not only limited to having sex and paying for the sex. But now, because of um, the laws within our country, it has uh, created a a divide within the industry. Because if we look at the health um, industry, for instance, not everyone is a doctor within health. And not everyone is is a clinician under health. We get cleaners that are working within health. We get the various doctors within health, that is, um, be it psychiatrists, be it physicians and everything. And so the same happens in sex work, but because this is always termed an industry with uneducated black women who are trash, druggies and alcoholics. And that narrative and that stigma and stereotype has lived on for so long that the people now who went into stripping and to porn and X-rated content have now de-associated themselves with sex work because sex work is a very broad term and which uh, a lot of people have just narrowed it down to this particular group. But if you, in fact, look at it, it's all adult entertainment as I would term it.
0: Yeah, it's interesting now because you kind of wonder where if if you were providing X-rated content on OnlyFans, where would you fall within the South African law? Because that... Means that a lot of the policing of sex work is being directed at perhaps the most vulnerable of sex workers who are on the street by themselves, just by virtue of of the privilege now accorded to someone who's doing a very similar job digitally.
1: Mm-hmm. And if you look at it, this uh, sector uh, section of, of of the industry, which is um, X-rated content um, production and and stripping in a, in a club, that is permissible. But the most vulnerable and most accessible people, and who are also the least earners, if I, if I were also to put it that way, because these people negotiate um, at the lowest rate compared to the other two. And uh, they are the ones that are most violated and most um, abused, because they are easily available targets to, to our law system. And that is a barrier that we are looking at breaking and saying that because you are depriving someone of making an income and you are depriving someone of their right to access um, to justice and you are depriving their right um, to health care.
0: I was wondering what the police are able to do to clients of sex workers in this country.
1: Based on what our constitution um, says in our law, the, the clients and the and the and the service provider should be criminalized. However, it's never easy to catch the client because you don't know who the client is. And the client normally um, would sue for invasion of privacy. The, the service provider is the one that is out on the street, who is visible to everyone, and that becomes the target.
0: Siam and her mom were charged in the media as, as living and working in a brothel. Um, I was wondering what your take on that term is brothel.
1: You know brothel for me is is, is not a very good term. It's, 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 it's a very demeaning term. You see this is it's just like um, the word prostitution where, where someone would call an, the next a prostitute. Both those terms are very demeaning and they carry so much stigma. And so much hatred, which fuels a lot of hate crimes against the people that are living in these um, in these homes, and they are they are making business in this in these places. And most of the time, the minute that people utter such words, it is it is normally followed with so much hate and disgust that people just don't want to be associated with it. It's almost so much filth that you don't even want to talk about it. It's such taboo in our in our society, and it's termed even termed immoral. But then, again, what is more immoral to be poor and, and not have, uh, have a loaf of bread mm. or to go out and make means for yourself?
0: What do you think the effect of the association or perception of the word sex work would have had on police handling case case where, where a woman who happens to be a sex worker is abducted?
1: everything uh, is uh, when it comes to sex work is it is is always handled with such attitude and mm. and this time around it's always such a, a negative um, attitude because a lot of people have stigmatized the industry so much and um, it has dehumanized the whole industry it it, it literally makes it a, a case of murder against a sex worker nothing it's almost a thing of so why, why should we feel sorry for her? She got what she deserved? kind of insensitive um attitude that one gets from the police, even our community at large. You literally change from being a woman into a so what kind of case.
0: How do we begin to change that narrative in society and and how can people who aren't involved in sex work be useful? in changing that and and advocating for sex workers
1: First and foremost um, I want to thank you and people like yourself who find it in their time and uh, time of day and in their work to say you know what let me get a sex worker, let me go and talk to someone who knows what is happening within the industry. Because a lot of times, a lot of people um, look at sex work and think, "Ah, shame, poor souls. They need to be rescued. They need to get out of what they are doing. Forgetting that these are adults. These are people who sat down and thought, okay, now this is what I want to do. As much as you sat and said, you know what? I want to be a journalist or I want to be a lawyer or I want to be something else. Someone sat and said, I want to engage in sex work because it offers me... Economic freedom, It, in, it in, um, it's an industry that I do not need a certain degree, which maybe I could not be afforded, or it affords me the flexibility of doing what I want to do in my extra time when I'm not doing my journalism work or my law work. First of all, we need to change the way our perception of looking at things and saying, "Ah oh, shame, poor souls. We start recognising this as work. We start respecting it as work and saying, that is someone who is at work. That is someone who is putting food on their table without having to rely on government and and hand-me-downs. So the minute people start understanding and recognising sex work as work, I think we would have moved two steps forward into progression.
0: Critics often say that, they would say that sex work is inherently Gender-based violence, or that all porn is violence. Uh, what what is your take on that? First and
1: foremost, that um, when, which, with with other work that you do, you can choose to say no. Uh, the The common denominator is that you are rendering a service and you're getting paid for it. So if you do not want to render a certain service to a certain person prior to nego prior to to going into into the deal, you can always say no. I do not do X, Y, and Z okay. and be prepared to walk out of it. And now because no one wants to talk about it, you find that there is no written contract or there is no argument on it. Okay. So it's, it's, um, it's often very difficult to walk out of it because it, it feels that kind of um, upper hand from the client that, listen, I paid you. They know very well that you cannot go and say, I'm laying a charge against this person because this was the agreement, because everything is done verbally. So you cannot prove that said no, this was not the argument. And that's when the violence kicks in. Or it's not sex work that is violent or is the sex worker. It's, it's often the clients who feel they have the upper end, hence victimizing the, the sex work. So saying that it's a violent industry, it's a very much unfair statement because it's the people coming into the industry that make it violent towards the service providers.
0: What services would you like to see provided to the sex work industry?
1: Most importantly is um, mental health because if we look at the atrocities that sex workers have to go through, that is traumatic just by thinking about it and then you've got nowhere to go. When you're trying to seek uh, recourse, you are further violated and and abused. So the the traumas that sex workers go through is, is inexplicable. I mean... No one deserves the amount of trauma that sex workers are put through by their clients and by um, society and by our justice system. And health care is is, is is so expensive, but it's so important because if, if, your, if your mental state is not um, functioning well, you as a person cannot function well. And then hence, you find that people go into drug dependency. They go into substance dependency. Mental health is, for me, very important, and that is the biggest service which we need within the sex work industry. If you were to be a rape victim, you need the the social um, support. And now to be termed that it's your fault, that is, again, victimizing you. That is uh, often what sex workers have to go through, and society just does it so willingly.
0: And, and do you find that sex workers face extra discrimination when they seek help? You know, what is the reaction that people get?
1: The minute that you, regardless of where you go, whether you're trying to open a bank account or you're trying to go into, get help and, uh, at a clinic or wherever, the minute that you, the person who is assisting you finds out that you're a sex worker, it's, uh, it's, it's discrimination. Uh, in a lot of um, times, it's you. You're always termed as the disease spreader. You are always termed as the as the unacceptable one. Like, be careful. She is a sex worker. She's going to spread HIV. But in in all honesty, how many HIV positive people are there that had no dealings with um with sex workers? For instance, if we look in rural areas, you don't normally find sex workers in rural areas, but you find people who are HIV positive there. So how do they um? get HIV, if then sex work is only, is now the biggest spreader of diseases. And you find that um, a lot of sex workers advocate for condom use, whereas in most intimate partner relationships, condom um, use is, is just something that is not even negotiable. It's, it's almost, uh, in, in, in most intimate partner relationships, you'll find that people say they don't use condoms because their partners um, see it as a distrust so if you got trust issues you would use a condom and you'll find that a lot of sex workers who negotiate for condom use as well from their clients they they literally beg their clients to use a condom not because they are HIV positive but they're also looking out for everyone's health you find that they find they they now have to suffer abuse of why why do you got diseases and then you start getting the beats because that is something that someone is used to at home that's what they do at home. And when they come within the industry seeking a service from a service provider who's a sex worker, they expect the same. The same behavior and mentality applies here. Yeah. And um, you find that in, in most cases, um, it's it's married men that come to sex workers. But you find that the the other partner is always blaming the sex worker for luring their partner into doing immoral things when you come to look at it it's it's a case of it's the husband who left and went to find that person and was prepared to give that person money and that person is there saying i'm here to get my money and go pay for my child school fees so if you want me to render your service a service to you by all means i'm not going to ask of your marital status i'm not going to ask of what happens because this has got nothing to do with emotions it's a transaction I take what you can give which is your money and you take what you want which is the sexual pleasure and report ways so easy to point the finger where the other person is not going to push back it's, it's just that easy and yet you find that these people with organized crime and these white collar crimes that are going on it's all these high profile people and it's just so easy to to shift blame on that one person who is defenseless
0: mm. Do you feel that South Africa is ready to change the conversation, to to change mindsets? I think
1: South Africa is ready, but um, you know it's so easy to go with the tide and uh, you know just go with the flow. So because we're in such a minority and and, and the marginalized group with the very little money, you find that um, it's easy for the masses to say you're wrong and how dare you stand up for yourself. We are an open-minded society, but we just need to have more of these conversations. As sex workers, we should stop talking to each other. It's, it's high time that we start, started talking to the pastor. We started talking to the magistrate. We started talking to the doctors. We started um, occupying space and making our presence felt just like the LGBTQIA community. I mean, in South Africa, we've legalized um, the use of uh, marijuana. We've got hemp clothes, we've got, they even have oils now at at pharmacies that are like openly available. And life is carrying on as per normal. Sex work has been there before these things, but still, it's always like, don't talk about it. It's always whisper, whisper. Until sex workers take up space and say, we are here and we are unashamed of it. Because sex work carries so much stigma and discrimination that... Um when it's uh, when it's Sweat or Sasonka hosting um sex workers, they're okay to come out and say, Hi, here I am, I'm a sex worker but if I were to invite you in that space and say, Okay, here's Kate, she's a freelance journalist, you would find that people leave the room. They say no. I don't want to. I don't want to be known. I want to be off camera. Mm. Like for, with me, I could do this. Um, this con- I could have this conversation with you on video because I am unashamed of being in the industry. I am unashamed of talking about it. I'm, I'm even comfortable walking around with a t-shirt written "sex work is work." But for some people, it it, it has had such an, a, a negative effect and such a traumatic effect that. They would rather not talk about it. You yeah. know, when someone is raped several times, that um, it has it has become a normal for a norm for them to be raped, and that they say, "I'm not even going to lay a charge. It's happened to me so for for such a long time, but I just choose not to talk about it. Mm. So everyone suffers in silence. The same is happening in sex work, mm. and um, the the worst part of it is when you cannot take um, recourse. There's a case of um, Nokopila. That case is still resounding in my head. Nokopila was killed by a client, and the clients said, What would I be doing with a filthy prostitute? Oh, and then she said, Why would I kill her? And they said, How do you know that she's dead? How do you know that she was a sex worker? And that's when the pressures rose. And because there was sweat and the song behind everything and everyone rallied behind Nokopila's death, that, um, even the, even, uh, even the courts felt they had to do something about it. In, 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 in most cases, not everyone is as lucky. I would term her as lucky as Nokopila, even though she had died, but at least there was justice was served. Whereas we know she is one in a hundred or in a thousand of sex workers who get killed at work.
0: Do we have a sense of how big the uh, industry is? The last
1: um, study that was done, uh, there were, it was found that South Africa has more than 150,000 sex workers. Okay. But this number keeps growing each day. And now with COVID, that has hit. I can tell you that the numbers have grown drastically. People that were working in professional places, and they are now. Um, suddenly approaching us and saying, how do I become a sex worker? Unfortunately, we cannot say this is how you become a sex worker because then that would be termed as us coercing people into sex work. You can always become a Sisonke member and that way we can only assist you in saying that these are your rights as a sex worker. These are the rights that you as a person need to know and and, and start articulating should you be arrested, should a policeman um, approach you. That is the support that we can give as an organization. And it's also becoming, of, um, as I would term it, as a support group because sex workers have nowhere to, to gather and feel and comfortable without being judged, and um, Sisonke and Sweat offers that. So we become that safe space where they can say, okay, I was raped, and we can say, okay, fine, let's approach now the justice system and seek recourse. That is the only kind of help we can give.
0: Is there anything else that you want to put on
1: the table? What I would like to say is that um, sex work is not an easy industry because it has been long stereotyped. It's long been a taboo in our in our society, but it's there. And the more we talk about it, the better, because it raises awareness. And we find that a lot of children are getting lured into, into sex work. And we don't recognize children as, as sex workers because, I mean, they have to be 18 Having parents actually encouraging their little girls and their little boys into the industry, I would like to harshly reprimand those parents for doing that because you find that a lot of parents are now introducing their children into sex work and that is very, very wrong. We do not encourage that. That is giving us um, a bad name and it's giving us um, the stigma which we do not need I mean um sex work can be a very beautiful industry if just everyone could just cooperate and do the right thing and and keep the children out of it for real I I would never support any child who is into sex work I I wouldn't but if they're 18 and above that is the work they choose so be it but let us create a safe space for sex work and not blame sex workers for their for the injustices and the violence which they have to suffer at the hands of their clients hence we say my work should not cost me my life